joy is something entirely different from pleasure. So let us find out what is involved in pleasure and whether it is at all possible to live in a world that does not contain pleasure but a tremendous sense of joy, of bliss. We are all engaged in the pursuit of pleasure in some form or other, intellectual, sensuous or cultural pleasure. The pleasure of reforming, telling others what to do, of modifying the evils of society, of doing good, the pleasure of greater knowledge, greater physical satisfaction, greater experience, clever cunning things of the mind. And the ultimate pleasure is of course to have God. Pleasure is the structure of society. From childhood until death we are secretly, cunningly or obviously pursuing pleasure. So whatever our form of pleasure is, I think we should be very clear about it because it is going to guide and shape our lives. It is therefore important for each one of us to investigate closely, hesitantly and delicately this question of pleasure for us to find pleasure and then nourish and sustain it. It is a basic demand of life and without it, existence becomes dull, stupid, lonely and meaningless. You may ask why then should life not be guided by pleasure? For the very simple reason that pleasure must bring pain, frustration, sorrow and fear and out of fear violence. And if you want to live that way, live that way. Most of the world does anyway, but if you want to be free from sorrow, you must understand the whole structure of pleasure. To understand pleasure is not to deny it. We are not condemning it or saying it is right or wrong. But if we pursue it, let us do so with our eyes open, knowing that a mind that is all the time seeking pleasure must inevitably find its shadow, pain, they cannot be separated, although we run after pleasure and try to avoid pain. Pleasure comes into being through four stages, perception, sensation, contact and desire. I see a beautiful car, say, then I get a sensation, a reaction from looking at it. Then I touch it or imagine touching it and then there's a desire to own and show myself off in it. Or I see a lovely cloud or a mountain clear against the sky or a leaf that has just come in springtime, a glorious sunset, a beautiful face. I look at these things with intense delight and as I observe them, there is no observer but only sheer beauty for love. For a moment I am absent with all my problems, anxieties and miseries and there is only that marvellous thing. I can look at it with joy and the next moment forget it or else the mind steps it. And then the problem begins, my mind thinks over what it has seen and thinks how beautiful it was. I tell myself I should like to see it again many times. Thought begins to compare, judge and say I must have it again tomorrow. The continuity of an experience that has given delight for a second is sustained by thought. It is the same with sexual desire or any form of desire. There is nothing wrong with desire. To react is perfectly normal. If you stick a pin in me, I shall react unless I am paralyzed. But then thought steps in and chews over the delight and turns it into pleasure. Thought wants to repeat the experience and the more you repeat, the more mechanical it becomes. The more you think about it, the more strength thought gives to pleasure. So thought creates and sustains pleasure through desire and gives it continuity and therefore the natural reaction of desire to any beautiful thing is perverted by thought. Thought turns it into a memory and memory is then nourished by thinking about it over and over again. 
Of course, memory has a certain place at a certain level. In everyday life, we could not function at all without it. In its own field, it must be efficient, but there is a state of mind where it has very little place. A mind which is not crippled by memory has a real freedom. Have you ever noticed that when you respond to something totally, with all your heart, there is very little memory? It is only when you do not respond to a challenge with your whole being, there is conflict, a struggle, and this brings confusion and pleasure or pain. And the struggle breeds memory. That memory is added to all the time by other memories, and it is those memories which respond. Thought is never new, for thought is the response of memory, experience, knowledge. Thought, because it is old, makes this thing which you have always looked at with delight and felt tremendous, and felt tremendously for the moment old. From the old you derive pleasure, never from the new. There is no time in the new. So, if you can look at all things without allowing pleasure to creep in at a face, a bird, the color of a sari, the beauty of a sheet of water shimmering in the sun or anything that gives delight, if you can look at it without wanting the experience to be repeated, then there will be no pain, no fear and therefore tremendous joy. It is the struggle to repeat and perpetuate pleasure which turns it into pain. Watch it in yourself. The very demand for the repetition of pleasure brings about pain because it is not the same as it was yesterday. You struggle to achieve the same delight, not only to your aesthetic sense, but the same inward quality of the mind. And you are hurt and disappointed because it is denied to you. Have you observed what happens to you when you are denied a little pleasure? When you don't get what you want, you become anxious, envious, hateful. Have you noticed when you have been denied the pleasure of drinking or smoking or sex or whatever it is? Have you noticed what battles you go through? And all that is a form of fear, isn't it? You're afraid of not getting what you want or of losing what you have. It seems to me so simple and because it is so simple, we refuse to see its simplicity. We like to complicate everything. When your wife turns away from you, aren't you jealous? Aren't you angry? And what is all that but fear of losing something which has given you a great deal of pleasure, companionship, a certain quality of assurance and the satisfaction of possession? So if you understand that where there is a search for pleasure, there must be pain, live that way if you want to, but don't just slip into it. If you want to end pleasure though, which is to end pain, you must be totally attentive to the whole structure of pleasure. Not cut it out as monks and sannyasis do, never looking at a woman because they think it's a sin and their boy, and thereby destroying the vitality of their understanding, but seeing the whole meaning and significance of pleasure. Then you will have tremendous joy in life. You cannot think about joy. Joy is an immediate thing and by thinking about it, you turn it into pleasure. Living in the present is the instant perception of beauty and the great delight in it without seeking pleasure from it.